Today on Life 66, we arrive at Revelation chapter 13, the beast. Well, it's not really one beast. There are two beasts that we're going to learn about in Revelation 13. This is Pastor Greg, and uh, this is an exciting chapter. Not exciting, and it's thrilling or, uh, you know, really wonderful. Uh, it's a difficult chapter, um, but this is, this is the, 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 the chapter that most people really are interested in. Uh, who is the beast? And what is the mark of the beast? And 666 and all that kind of thing. That all happens here in Revelation chapter 13. Uh, we learned in chapter 12 that there's this, this character we know as the devil, Satan, the destroyer. Uh, in chapter 12, they call him the dragon. Um, we're going to see in chapter 13 the beast of the sea and the beast of the earth. And it's interesting that they kind of form an unholy trinity, uh, the dragon being the, the, uh, the false God the Father, the beast of the sea, the false Jesus, and the beast of the earth, the, f- the false Holy Spirit who points toward uh, the beast of the sea. So we got a lot to get uh, into today. Uh, I did want to take the time, though, and read this chapter um, it's important enough, I think, for us to understand what's being said, um, to take the time to read it. So follow along with me if you have your Bibles. Revelation 13, and I start in verse 1. The dragon stood on the shore of the sea, and I saw a beast coming out of the sea. It had ten horns and seven heads, with ten crowns on its horns, and on each head a blasphemous name. The beast I saw resembled a leopard, but it had the feet like those of a bear and the mouth like that of a lion. The dragon gave the beast his power and his throne and great authority. One of the heads of the beast seemed to have had a fatal wound, but the fatal wound had been healed. The whole world was filled with wonder and followed the beast. People worshipped the dragon because he had given authority to the beast, and they also worshipped the beast and asked, Who is like the beast and who can wage war against it? The beast was given a mouth to utter proud words and blasphemies and to exercise its authority for 42 months. It opened its mouth to blaspheme God and to slander his name and his dwelling place and those who live in heaven. It was given power to wage war against God's holy people and to conquer them. And it was given authority over every tribe, people, language, and nation. All inhabitants of the earth will worship the beast, all the whose names have not been written in the Lamb's book of life, the Lamb who was slain from the creation of the world. Whoever hears, whoever has ears, let him hear. If anyone is to go into captivity, into captivity they will go. If anyone is to be killed with the sword, with the sword they will be killed. This calls for patient endurance and faithfulness on the part of God's people. Then I saw a second beast coming out of the earth. It had two horns, like that of a lamb, but it spoke like a dragon. It exercised all the authority of the first beast on its behalf and made the earth and its inhabitants worship the first beast, whose fatal wound had been healed. And it performed great signs, even causing fire to come down from heaven to the earth in full view of the people. Because of the signs, it was given power to perform on behalf of the first beast It deceived the inhabitants of the earth. It ordered them to 
set up an image in honor of the beast who was wounded by the sword and yet lived. The second beast was given power to give breath to the image of the first beast so that the image could speak and cause all who refused to worship the image to be killed. It also forced all people, great and small, rich and poor, free and slave, to receive a mark on their right hands and on their foreheads so that they could not buy or sell unless they had the mark, which is the name of the beast or the number of its name. This calls for wisdom. Let the person who has insight calculate the number of the beast, for it is the number of man. That number is 666. Okay, there's a lot going on here. So let's start from the top and look first at this this beast of the sea. A lot of people call this person the Antichrist, and that term never shows up in the Revelation. In 1 John and 2 John, uh, we have some verses that, that call to the spirit of the Antichrist. Um, clearly, it's, it's this person or, or quite possibly a religious, or not religious, but a governmental organization, maybe even a nation, um, is against God. It's against everything God is. It's against everything that is true and pure and righteous. And uh, from Daniel, um, there is a leader. If, if this beast signifies a nation, uh, then there is a leader of this nation. And we find that in Revelation chapter 9, 10, and et cetera. Um, and there's a false prophet, the beast of the earth, that causes everyone to turn attention toward the beast of the sea and, and worship that beast. Uh, so there's secular uh, and religious control and leadership happening here. Leadership over government, leadership over commerce, uh, and leadership over religion. Um, there's 33 different titles alluding to this, this duo in the Old Testament, 13 in the New Testament. Uh, the beast in the first couple of verses is it comes out of the sea. And the sea is an idiom for the nations, Isaiah 57, Revelation 17, um, that from out of the nation. So there's a, it's either a nation coming up to the forefront with a leader or a particular leader coming out from amongst nations. Um, that's something that no one can really uh, speak to dogmatically, uh, but we have as a powerful, powerful uh, leader uh, with lots of authority uh, behind this leader. And it says that the, the dragon, the dragon from chapter 12, uh, Satan himself, gave his power to this beast of the sea to do his bidding on the earth. Uh, coming out of the abyss, the dragon gives his authority. Uh, and he, this beast overcomes the saints. Now, uh, overcome shouldn't mean that, that the church somehow has been destroyed. We know from Matthew chapter uh, 16, nothing will overcome the church of Jesus Christ. But that doesn't mean there is not tremendous persecution. We've seen uh, you know, just thousands and hundreds of thousands and maybe more uh, Christians killed um, millions over the years. But the Roman uh, persecution and other persecutions that have occurred uh, it can be comparable. This beast, uh, some strange things about him. He has 10 horns, um, possibly a 10-nation confederacy. We have Revelation chapter 17, verse 12, that speaks of seven nations. Uh, There's 10 crowns on the horns. And interesting, the crowns are on the horns, not on the heads. Uh, The dragon of chapter 12 has seven heads 
and ten horns. Uh, very similar here to the, the heads and horns of the beast of the sea. Uh, the dragon has crowns um, just like the, the beast has crowns. And seven heads uh, may refer to seven empires, uh, but each of them has a blasphemous name on them. Let's pause to understand what blasphemy is. Blasphemy is to consider something of God to be satanic or something, I suppose, something satanic to be of God. Uh, but, but Jesus speaks about this blasphemy when uh, he was doing miracles and the religious leaders said he's doing miracles by Satan's power. And Jesus called that blasphemy. So a lot of people wonder, oh, if I've, if I've uh, you know, rejected God or if I've you know, told God you know, that I'm not going to believe in him, that they blaspheme. You haven't. Here, here's really a rule of thumb. If you're afraid you have blasphemed, then you haven't. Because a person who blasphemes has been completely hardened and they see good is bad, bad is good. White is black, black is white. So a blasphemer sees God's goodness and calls it satanic or calls it evil and sees evil and calls it good. And they're, they're solidified in that. Like a petrified raw, uh, piece of wood, they've turned to stone. Um, these, uh, these nations, these empires that, that are being spoken of, remember this, in John's day, five of them have already fallen. One is, and one is not yet. There's an eighth king that comes out of the seven, and that's uh, who we usually consider to be the Antichrist, someone who comes out of this new uh, uh, power, and this new power does amazing things. Uh, look back to, to uh, Daniel 7, 8, 9, and we see the, 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 the nation empires that have already been uh, Babylon described as the lion, Persia the bear, uh, Greek the leopard, Rome uh, the terrifying beast with iron teeth. Uh, so, so those are already past. Um, but this Antichrist comes out of a new power. He's attractive, charismatic, uh, speaks well, a military strategist, political mind, economic brilliance, even religious. But he'll be a son of Satan, not a son of God. People are going to love this, this person. Uh, because he stands for what they hate. They hate the goodness of God. They hate God himself and try to make war against God, which that doesn't make any sense to me. How do you make war against God? But in their delusion, they think they actually can. Now, And we'll see uh, in a little bit that this uh, beast and the false prophet or the beast of the earth have miraculous power. So if they've got miraculous power, why, why do they think they, they couldn't fight against God? Similarly to the kings of Egypt or the uh, priests of Egypt when Moses put down his staff and it turned to a snake and they put down their staffs and they also turned into snakes. So they think they can do miraculous things uh, like God can. Well, of course, in Egypt, God's snake ate up the others. And in this revelation period, God's power is going to eat up satanic power too. But he's even going to be wounded. And when, as I read the passage, you find that three times this, this mortal or, or seemingly fatal wound happened to him, but yet he recovers. Very uh, uh, clearly um, a, a, a substitute of the resurrection. And just as Jesus resurrected, this uh, person seems to have a fatal wound and then it, it is restored as well. It's going to be a very, very astonishing 
person uh, coming out of these uh, uh, empires with blasphemy and, and rising up to to really take over and unite the world and bring the world together. I mean, think of the world today and how divisive and how hated the nations are of one or of one another. Uh, that this 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 leader. Uh, in this nation is going to be able to bring unity, but the unity is not uh, circle or not enveloped in in political things or uh, financial things. That he's able to unite them in their hatred for God and their hatred of the church, and it's a powerful thing. My personal uh, opinion is that the church will be around during this time. Says God's people, and that He will be against in this chapter. Uh, that I am. Um, one who holds to a mid-tribulational rapture view that the church will go through uh, this this horrible time, but in the midst, uh, God will will come in with His wrath, re- rescue the church, and then pour out His wrath on those who did not believe. Now, of course, there's pros and cons of every uh, rapture view, uh, pre, mid, or post, um, and so I don't stand dogmatically on that, realizing that we could all be wrong in our positions. Uh, we're going to see, though, in the end, how it's going to look. Uh, but he's given power for three and a half years, these first verses say. Uh, and then uh, we'll see God's wrath poured out. Um, so this beast uh, is truly a counterfeit Christ, a counterfeit leader, a counterfeit redeemer. Um, and we ought to be watchful of the unifying uh, philosophies in the world today. Um, we have many of them, our United Nations of trying to bring the nations together, a world bank or a world money system. Uh, the development of a world court is being thought of. Uh, and as the nations speak of unity and how beautiful and wonderful it would be if we all could just be together and then there would be you know peace. Well, the problem is, is that if the world is going to be together, they will be together against the things of God uh, because Jesus Christ stands in opposition of the way the world uh, works in its immorality, in its um, just vileness, uh, in its, its, its acceptance of the things that are impure and the resistance of things that are, that are pure. Uh, today, uh, the church is under attack in, in massive ways in regard to the deviant sexuality uh, in today's world. And it's the church that stands in the way and, and is seen as the haters and the, and the people that must be silenced. Uh, you're going to see more and more of that and a unification of nations against uh, those who think like the church thinks. The influence of this beast is powerful. Remember, it's under the dragon's authority, under the dragon's influence. And the people cry out, who can make war against him? He may have accomplished peace by great victories over nations uh, and who opposed peace in the world. And for three and a half years, uh, Daniel 7, 8 says, he will speak pompous, boastful words. Daniel seven twenty five, he will direct these words toward God. You know, slandering God and slandering those in heaven and uh, giving power to make war against the church and war against the people of God. 
Um, just the arrogance is unbelievable. And you can remember back in chapter 12 how angry the devil is that he could not overcome Jesus. And so his, his anger is focused on Jesus's people, Jesus's children. Uh, he slanders those in heaven, the script, this uh, passage says in the first eight verses. Uh, uh, just calling out uh, heavenly things in, in mockery and slander. And those who are still here and those of us that are here now, the scripture says in, uh, in verse number 10, it says this calls for patient endurance and faithfulness on the part of God's people. That when there is this out-and-out war against the truth of God, out-and-out war against God himself, war against the church, and even the destruction of worship and uh, the killing of people of God um, because of the blasphemous arrogance of this beast of the sea under the authority of Satan. These days are going to come, and there'll be dark days for the church. But, but don't fear. Never fear. It's patient endurance this calls for. And God's people who endure will come through uh, in the end. Well, verse 11 through 18 talks about the second beast, this beast of the earth. It says another beast. Another means another of the same kind, same nature, same character, uh, same purpose of the first beast. Uh, where the beast of the, of the sea is a, is a political, military, economic leader, the beast of the earth, the second beast, is a religious world leader. So now you have this, this spirituality mixed with the, with the political. Uh, he has two horns, symbolic of authority, uh, like the Lamb of God in, in Revelation 5, 6, two horns. Uh, it's a counterfeit Christ, counterfeit um, part of the Trinity. Um, like the Holy Spirit points toward Jesus, the, the king, uh, the overcomer, this beast points to the beast of the sea, the Antichrist, and points to the Antichrist as the overcomer, uh, the, the prince of evil. Um, and he, he lies. He gives the appearance about truth, but he lies. And we have to be very, very watchful of the doctrinal twists and turns in today's church. Uh, so many adopting uh, unbiblical practices, unbiblical acceptance of deviant lifestyles. And, and these people are the ones that will be deceived and drawn in by the false prophet's lies. Uh, remember, the devil is not against religion. He'll use whatever he can to deceive people away from Jesus, even forms of religion that are not true. He has authority uh, he has authority of the first beast and causes people to worship the beast. Uh, reminiscent of the days back in uh, the book of Daniel where uh, all the people were forced to worship this image of uh, Nebuchadnezzar the king, that this, this beast of, this, of the earth is going to actually uh, create an idol uh, that looks like the first beast and it's going to be able to speak. Think about a stone starting to talk. What kind of, uh, of power would people think this beast has? And they're going to worship this beast, and they're going to uh, just fall down and give him honor and give him praise. Um, we ought to be careful. Always be careful that uh, miracles don't necessarily mean godly. The devil is able to counterfeit 
miracles. So many times today, some kind of sign or wonder will occur and everybody runs to it like, oh, God is here. But a lot of times the behavior is not godly at all. Well, but there was a miraculous sign. doesn't matter. In the last days in this chapter, it says there will be miracles, even an idol that's able to speak and people are going to follow it, but it's devilish. It's evil. And we ought not to, to be taken in by those lies. Beware of an experiential type faith uh, that, that is counter to God's word. Make sure your experiences line up with God's word and that there's nothing extra biblical or outside of the Bible in your experiences or you'll get sucked in and uh, hopefully not uh, in a place where you would even be deceived uh, to resisting um, Jesus in some latter day. There's another reference in this last part to this this, uh, seemingly fatal head wound. So over and over, it's so interesting how uh, John's um, vision has this idea of of, uh, a resurrection, so to speak. Well, there's a demand of this religious leader in the last few verses, uh, and that demand is that we pledge allegiance to this beast. And here's where we get the 666 and the buying and selling and so on. Uh, So many people have been worried um, about, oh no, uh, you know, what if I take the the mark of the beast and I I didn't mean to? No, we have to understand that, yes, whoever, you you will not be able to buy or sell unless you have this mark. And we're going down that road right now with a cashless society. I've got credit cards in my wallet and and a lot of the younger people around me, they don't ever carry cash. It's all, you know, Venmo or, or uh, Apple Pay or, or something, or credit card or something else. Um, we're very fast moving to a cashless society. And there are experiments being done now and even some very real uh, opportunities where uh, you can walk into stores and walk out without paying. Um, that there's some kind of, you know, way to track that. Uh, and experiments with chips in your in your body, so you, you can't uh, have your information stolen. You don't need to carry a credit card. You have the the barcode or whatever it is um, on your body. It's, it's a very ingenious you know idea. The problem is is that it's headed toward the mark of the beast. Now, again, what I started to say was, um, you won't take the, the, this number accidentally. Because it says those who worship the beast will take the number. So you'll take it because you're against God and you are going to worship the Antichrist. And so you won't take it accidentally. Now you might take it in fear, and I hope and pray that you don't. For Jesus said, if you don't stand before, uh, stand up for me before men, I will not stand up for you before the Father. So even if you're afraid and you take the mark, because you don't want to die, you don't want to be, you know, taken away and uh, you know, executed. Um, that's that's too bad. You didn't stand up for Jesus in that time. Uh, better to be martyred and not take the beast and live forever than to be afraid for a lifetime that you can't, that won't last forever anyway, and then live in eternal death forever and ever and ever. 
Um, This is a deliberate choice taking the mark. It's a deliberate choice of allegiance and loyalty and uh, honor and worship of this satanically inspired beast. No real believer is going to take this mark. None of them. Um, Revelation 2.17, we already studied that you'll receive a new name. Not a mark of the beast. You'll receive a mark of Jesus Christ. Um, So taking the name is taking the purpose and character of the beast. And taking the name of Jesus will be taking the name or the purpose and character of Jesus himself. So will it be a literal 666? No, he says, uh, be reminded that this is the number of man, uh, man's number. So whatever man's number is that you pledge allegiance to this man, you'll take his number on your body. You'll be branded, you'll be sealed. And there's many... um, References to being sealed in uh, in God and in Jesus Christ in Scripture. This is a sealing uh, of yourself in loyalty to the beast. Pretty heavy stuff here, but it's coming. But don't fear. Don't worry. At the end of the chapter, it says, this will call for wisdom. So we're called to do three things here. Be patient uh, in your endurance. Be faithful and be wise. So if we happen to be alive when these days come, and we may, the speed in which we're going toward just complete insanity with our morality and the things occurring uh, that are just out in the open hate against uh, the people of God, um, I can see this happening in the next 40 years. Um, I can. And uh, if not, then okay. Uh, pastor, people have been saying that for thousands of years. Yeah, that's true. But we have some signs that uh, that have never happened before. The reunification of Israel uh, being one in 1948. That's the big one for me, that the people of God have their own place. And then this tremendous persecution of Israel. I'm getting on a tangent here. Didn't mean to get into the prophetic things on, on that side. But um, the time is short, is what I'm trying to say. And we ought to be aware uh, of that time and make sure that we are ready and that we are strong in every way. I want to pray for us right now and just ask God to to give us that strength to obey him in everything we do. Heavenly Father, I pray in Jesus' name that by the power of your Holy Spirit that you would cause us to be strong and be ready for a day that we will have to either stand for you or and die for you or not stand for you and ultimately we'll see you at judgment. Lord, I don't want myself nor anybody listening to this to to stand for evil and then have to stand before your judgment. God, instead, let us be strong. Let us be wise with patient endurance and faithfulness to stand for what is true and right, to stand for Jesus. And then you will stand for us before the Father and we'll live with you forever. Give you the praise, Lord. Keep us strong in Jesus' name. Amen. Well, glad you tuned in today. Good to be with you. And uh, let's live Life 66 each and every day according to God's word. And we'll find that we'll, uh, we'll always, always, always have the abundant life. God bless you. Take care until next time. Bye-bye.